0: I was a uh, practicing clinician, working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My,
1: my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of FOX. Light
0: bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You
1: can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 looks so much different than it
0: did back that long ago.
2: And boil it down into one saying, it's quite simply this. It's be stronger, live better longer.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today, if you are listening in real time, Because you know, some people listen to podcasts right as they come out, and then other people will listen to podcasts when they have time. So who knows, maybe you're listening to this four weeks after it was posted, but if you're listening in real time, today is International Women's Day. And we're gonna do something really cool today on the Live Better Longer podcast. I'm going to hand over the mic to Audra Vellucci. She is a regional director and physical therapist here with Fox Rehabilitation. And if you're a fan of the Live Better Longer podcast, Audra has been on before. So I'm going to hand over the mic to Audra, and she is going to interview our VP of integration, Jen Revolensky, and our VP of integration quality, Jen Ruoff. And internally, we call them the Gens. They're like superheroes. And I love the idea of this podcast because all three women, Audra, Jen, and Jen, a.k.a. the Jens, are strong female leaders. They can command an audience. I've seen it happen before, and they do so in such an effortless way. I know it's not effortless, but when they get in front of an audience, they control that room. And quick side note, I remember when I first met Jen Revolinsky, someone called her Rev. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. stop for a second. I said, is Jen's nickname Rev? And they're like, oh, yeah, we call her Jen Rev. And I'm like, whoa, that's the coolest nickname ever. So I'm so happy that Rev is going to be on an episode of the Live Better Longer podcast, as well as Jen Ruov with Audra Valucci leading the way. So before I give up the microphone, just wanna say one quick thing. Uh, Fox Rehabilitation, we are celebrating our silver anniversary this year, and we're doing something really cool on social media. It's called the My Fox 25 campaign. So here's what we want you to do, and it doesn't matter if you're a clinician, a patient, a family member of a clinician. If you believe in the Fox mission of rehabilitating lives, We wanna spread the word during our silver anniversary year. So here's what we need you to do. We need you to do 25 of something. You could do 25 jumping jacks, you could bake 25 cookies, run 25 miles, and we want you to record this. Now, obviously, if you're running 25 miles, I mean, that could take seven or eight hours. We don't want you to record the whole thing, but you know, little snippets that would work well on social media. So do 25 of something, And then we want you to donate $25 to a charity that is important to you. And then record yourself saying that. Hey, I'm going to donate at least $25 to, say, the MS Foundation. And then we want you to post that on your social media channels and use the hashtag MyFox25 so we can track it, we can find it, We can share it on our socials. And the goal is, yes, we are celebrating our silver anniversary, Fox Rehabilitation. We've been around for 25 years. But we also want to make a positive impact while celebrating our 25 years. All right, so there you go. The My Fox 25 campaign, 25 of something, at least $25 to a charity that's important to you. Post it on your socials and tag it up with my fox 25 at the end of the year we will see how much money we raise for different charities in our silver anniversary year so now i'm gonna step aside i'm gonna celebrate international women's day by turning the live better longer podcast over to adra (laughs) velucci
1: Welcome back. I am Audra Volucci, physical therapist and regional director in South Carolina. I am taking over the Live Better Longer podcast for today um, in, celebra- <laughs> in celebration of International Women's Day. It's been around since 1911. I took some notes. I had to bring myself some, um, because I thought it was a new thing, and it's really not a new thing. It's a global initiative to celebrate social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. And there are a lot of different missions within International Women's Day for women in health, women in technology, and women in the workplace. Their mission is to forge inclusive work cultures where women's careers thrive and their achievements are celebrated. And I thought that that just aligns so well with Fox and how we truly thrive to celebrate our successes. So I have the honor of being here and interviewing two of my colleagues, um, and friends also, uh, Jen Revolinsky and Jen Ruoff, and these two women have recently been promoted and earned the promotions to Vice President of Integration, oh, that way, for Jen Revolinsky, and Jen Ruoff for the Vice President of Integration for Quality Assurance. So ladies, thanks for coming and being on with me tonight.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
1: My first question, what's your Fox story?
2: I've been blessed, I think, in my life to be surrounded by strong women who inspire me. You know, I have many friends that have uplifted me during difficult times. And I think during my tenure as an occupational therapist, there's been another group right here at this practice that has continued to um, inspire me and push me and energize me. My first year here at the practice was definitely um, challenging to say the least, but it was also a turning point for me in where I've now oriented my goals for where I wanted to be today and in the future. Um, And it's pretty funny because when you think about it, it's a little bit of a full circle. While I mentioned, my first year with coming from a different setting of outpatient and inpatient acute care. I had multiple losses in my family. I got married my first year here. So a lot of things going on. I was about one of four to five OTs on a team here in New Jersey. And I don't know Ru, if you remember this, but you were actually tasked to sponsorship my situation a little bit. And I remember you and I had a call to talk about my schedule my coverage area, because I was struggling and I was not feeling successful. And you looked at it and said, yeah, this is pretty much impossible to do. And it gave me hope that I wasn't crazy (laughs) and that I knew I could probably do better. So I do want to thank you because that was truly a turning point of me knowing that I could do this. And I really loved my colleagues, our model, our mission, and I, I wanted it to work so bad. Ruaf, you are one of my inspirations here at the practice. I don't know if you recall that. But moving into the follow-up to that, though, you know, again, knowing that my situation could change, Dr. Kiar at the time was my senior, and I was struggling with my direct report, and that was not really necessarily giving me the tools to succeed. And so I had brought some concerns to her, which I was very nervous how it would be perceived, how my director at the time would take this she heard me out. She listened and encouraged me to directly confront it. It was probably my first confrontation that was extremely difficult. He handled it very well, but I knew that I needed to make a decision of what I was going to do. And I was hoping that things would change for the better. And I think Dr. Kiara has made such an impact in my career here and has just continually motivated me and inspired me and I've watched her grow through different positions and now lead our practice as the CEO. But I think without her and even you know Ruoff kind of making me feel like I could be successful and to push myself, 13 years later, I'm still here and I've been through multiple uh, positions. So it's just been an amazing experience since then. So Jen, how long have you been an OT for? 16 years.
1: And you've been with the practice for 13? Yes. And what of the positions that you've been in at the practice? Um,
2: so I was a clinician for the first two years and then I became a regional director um, over the region that I had left. Um, And then since then, for six years, I was a senior regional director in operations, and I was tasked to do uh, business and territory development in the Midwest. So I was humbled to be able to bring the practice to the state of Wisconsin as my first project. And that is my home state. So it was really exciting to be able to go home, but to bring our model out there. So I was part of the Wisconsin, Minnesota, Missouri, helping out with Tennessee. So I've had some opportunities to work with multiple people within our practice to continue um, that. And then as you mentioned in the beginning, um, just recently um, I was promoted to vice president of integration, which is really focused on mergers acquisitions and de novo markets. And throughout the Wisconsin market, as well as some other projects, helping out with acquiring a few different practices uh, and bringing more like-minded people into our, our model.
3: How do I follow that? <laughs> so you
2: usually go first and then I have to follow you. So maybe I
3: feel a little Yeah, better. seriously, you set the standard way, way too high. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tell yeah. us your Fox story, Jen. Ruel. So I started here actually as a student. My placement mm-hmm. fell through. I was going to be in pediatric OT who specialized in sensory integration, who did all of the things related to peds. Little did I know I would have three kids that gave me enough exposure to children that I would be good to go. And I was set forth in the path that, you know, I was meant to go in. But my placement fell through and my um, clinical instructor had asked, you know, we don't really have any other placements. Where would you want to go? And I literally went on to the Internet and looked up home care. Like I was like, that'd be kind of cool. You can do your own thing, you can do stuff in the house. And Fox came up, um, had reached out, and they hadn't really taken on many students at the time. I was like, I don't really want to work with older adults. I kind of want to do peds, but whatever. I'm willing to do this, this setting to try something different out. I had worked I had- with Jeff Brook at the time, was my PT counterpart as a student. And I just was... Number one, he's a super amazing human to be around, like makes you feel so grounded and level and his communication style that he made me feel a part of a team when I was a student. He would ask me for my ideas. He would consult with me on different patients that we were working with. I think the big thing with that is I never felt like I was less than or that this like, you know, professional PT was willing to hear the ideas of this Student OT. And I fell in love with the patients. I fell in love with the ability to be creative, not have somebody like telling me how to treat, what to do. So I quickly kind of changed my path, which that's kind of how my life has gone. You know, I always think I'm going to do something, and then it's like that organized chaos of I end up in a different place and I was always meant to be there. I think back, that was 16 years ago. While I was waiting for my license, I worked in customer care for a while. So got to to field all of the difficult patient calls that clinicians were dealing with of like this person didn't show up or I don't want this clinician, I want (laughs) someone else. Also got to like work with physicians and calling and speaking with them. So then I joined Fox as a new grad. And to be honest, when you had asked me to do this podcast, I've always had a really difficult time getting along with females. (laughs) I don't. I my entire life, like I had maybe three <laughs> friends that those were my three friends. I didn't associate with like large group of girls the drama and it always was something I strayed away from. So I've always kind of grown up with a real good core group of guy friends. As time took on, at the time Robin was my regional director, Dr. Kiar, and just seeing how her communication style was so polished, but she was so natural. And I uh, maybe she wouldn't even say that about herself, but like she always took command of a room. She always had the ability to like interact one on one with people. And I think that's the thing that no matter what leader I work with in the practice, taking on so many different roles here, not ones that I necessarily even Knew I wanted a lot of the roles that I've taken taken on over the years didn't even exist. They were created from ideas or needs of needing different infrastructure. That the ability to be so humble that like we are all just human beings trying to do our best. When I took on wanting to be an OT, I knew it was going to be a career and something that I loved. Um, my husband at the time owns he still does owns a landscaping. Company that he has to be pulled away from different things, but I knew this was something that I was always going to have to work. I was not going to be a stay at home mom, so I might as well do something that I love. And that passion for OT has turned into a career, and I never really thought that it would, you know, to the point of taking on and being in the position that I am recently within this uh, vice president role. It's just funny to even say it because it's not something I am not someone that like dreams of taking on new roles or dreams of being in charge. It's just over time, I think that you put yourself out there, you're willing to take a risk and expose yourself to things that you don't know. If you're humble and doing that and willing to learn along the way, there's been so many mistakes that I've made that I think the it's been completely different experience for me later on in life to be surrounded with the women that I've worked with, with Fox, that No one is putting you down. No one is trying to like trump you or do better than you or everyone is just truly supportive. Rachel Reed is someone that, I mean, our stories are almost like exactly similar. It's kind of really eerie. And we both started as students and then came on as new grads. And we were one year apart from each other. And she was probably like the first person that you were able to, even though your paths went different directions, like there was never a competition. Like it was never her and I, which I had never encountered before, honestly. I feel like maybe it's just the town I grew up in being small. Like girls were always in competition with each other and trying to, you know, prove that they were better than somebody, that being in a career and finding other women that were willing to lift each other up. And that you could be very honest in like, listen, I don't have it all together. I don't know. I have like half of my nails painted today. like half are on and half are off. And that's okay. It's okay to be who you are. And I think it's so much more than just, that's what we're taught in OT, like to get down to the human level and work with people that I think, you know, it's something that showed true to this place of being around women. And I, I like, I like girls now. I like to hang out with girls. Maybe. I don't yeah. know, that didn't sound well, super so convincing. <laughs> it's a lot different. I never thought, that, you know, small goals. You never you never know. So, Jen, how long have you been here for? How long have you been an OT for? And how long have you been here for? I've been an OT for 15 years. Um, and you've been here for 15? 16, yeah. I started in customer care a year before I got my license.
1: I feel like you guys took a lot of my questions and combined them together, talking about successes. So we also talk a lot at Fox about success stories, right? Like we ask people to share success stories of, usually it's patients that they've helped, but general, if I'm starting with you this time, okay. what's your favorite success story at Fox? Patient related, patients? clinician related, whatever you want to share.
3: Oh man, there's so many good patient stories. I don't know if they're all successes though. <laughs>
1: that's okay. Many, many
3: good, good good ones. Like Um, you said,
1: people treating people, right? Yeah. Doing the best we can.
3: I think the ability to reflect back and what led me to where I am was I loved having students with me and being able to like learn from them and engage in different interactions and even be along with them when they've, like, I, I remember my first Patient, literally, as a new grad, I walked in, and she—the patient was homebound, and she was caring for her mother who was homebound. That's the story I got when I called set up the eval. Little did I know they were both bed bound, and I remember walking into that evaluation and being like, "Yeah, I think this might be it for me. <laughs> Day <laughs> two, I'm gonna walk away and just say I have no idea what to do." And I turned said, you know, it was so nice meeting you. I, I forgot my bag in my car, ran out of my car and called my mentor and said, I have no idea where to even start. These two individuals have not gotten out of their bed in six months that that moment was so raw for me to like, I never was fearful of saying, I don't know what I'm doing, or I need help that I think students come into their rotations, like so fearful That like being able to walk through that moment with students and even now, I mean, being with clinicians the first week that they start, Jen and I have done like a ton of regional launches together. I remember in July 2020, literally Jen and I were scared for our lives (laughs) going out, flying on an airplane when like people were not flying. We were going to wear like hazmat suits, like Walter White style Um, we had goggles on, we had like triple masks the whole time we're texting each other. Like, are you good? I'm good. And we met up together and it was like, it was emotional to be like, it's COVID. We are starting this new region in Missouri. What are we thinking? But then we kept just putting ourselves in the position of like, what are they thinking? Like they're here. They are willing to take on this challenge and join this practice which was such a remarkable thing to be a part of. And a lot of those clinicians are still here to this day of like, I remember sitting in that room, orienting them. We had to sit six feet apart. We had like the longest known conference room table ever because hotels weren't renting out conference rooms. So going through those little experiences, again, I don't know if I'd call that a success story, but like in those moments, so. yeah, that you're just like, my gosh, like I am walking through doing this, but being able to do it alongside of someone else and know that you might cry throughout the whole time. It's just kind of neat to reflect back of like, there's so many, so many stories. that I, I think share.
1: I have, I think one of you uh, texted me a selfie on that plane trip. So I may have that somewhere. Just <laughs> gonna
2: say, I wish we, I would have had that picture prep because it was, it was a doozy. I think, <laughs> it was.
1: I, think I have it somewhere in my text history. Yeah, no doubt. Rev, what's your favorite success story?
2: It's so funny because I was actually going to talk <laughs> <lunch> <laughs> in Missouri with COVID because I have to agree with you, Dent. Like it was just an emotional time and, and fearful. I mean, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So maybe I'll go to it in a different direction, but um, you and I tend to finish each other's sentences. So I'm not <laughs> surprised by that. I remember the day that I was offered a regional director position was also the day that I found out I was pregnant with my first child. And I had worked so hard. And I wanted leadership. And then this happened. And
3: I just recall that you myself, right, of course, a blessing. What was that? a blessing? <laughs> you made it like, And then this happened. <laughs> No, but it was and
2: like here he comes. <laughs> but it was like, oh my gosh, do I take it? Now I'm gonna have a baby. I'm just gonna like leave for a little while. Like and I just said to myself, no, hell yeah, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna figure it out because this is what I do. I'm I'm gonna make it work. And I just remember having to tell Dr. Jeff Brook and Anthony Bucaferni at my orientation, said, Guys, I need to tell you something. And they both thought I was dying. They were like sweating. And I said, Well, I'm just having a baby. And they're like ecstatic for me, so supportive. And I just knew at that moment I had made an amazing decision to come to this practice. I made the decision to take a leadership role. And I have to be honest, like, I think the success around this is. The work-life balance is really, truly a special thing here. And I just think back to the setting I was in before this. And if I would have been in that situation and I had a female director at the time, it would have been a completely different outcome. And I don't think that I would have been able to balance out my work-life situation as well as I think I figured it out. And I mean, since then, I've had two children and have been in leadership roles And I'm just honored to be supported by the leadership here. I think it sets our practice apart of the support that we do get here at the practice. And I think being in leadership and now helping out with mergers and acquisitions and getting to know other companies and how they're run and getting to meet their leadership, our practice is seriously set apart, I mean, on so many levels. So I guess my success with that is just finding work-life balance, figuring it out. We have a T-shirt that says, we'll figure it out. I cannot imagine how many times we've all said that, but it really is true because it's something that I think a majority of our leadership team really empowers each other and supports like no other. I agree.
1: Who, and both of you have mentioned some inspirational people here at Fox. Both of you have mentioned Dr. Robin Kiar and Dr. Jeff Brook, Dr. Anthony Bufordi, Dr. Rachel Reed, so many people. Other than those, is there anyone in your life or at Fox who, who really inspires you to do better every day?
3: I feel like there's like so many little pieces of everyone. (laughs) Like, honestly, like I think Audra, just even getting to know you over the years, your resiliency and ability to just handle problems as they come. And they just, you don't do it with a pause or, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we'll handle it. Let's talk it We'll through. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like, um, but like there's some amazing people here that have like awesome senses of humor or just genuine human beings that like, working just with so many different people there, I mean there's literally a hundred people that I could pull from from leadership clinicians of just little traits that you pick up about people that it makes you you want to be better in your interactions with them Deb Prox is one of my RQLs and she is like the most humbling human that every time I talk to her I'm just like huh. Ah. I need to call her when I'm like really stressed out or really upset. Like, she's like the mom voice, you know, that I just need to hear sometimes. I think we all have like those different people that do they influence? We talk about this all the time. Is it influence or is it inspiring? I feel like we all influence each other to want to do better, but influence can also be negative a little bit. There are some people that don't inspire me to be. Better because I just know I'm not capable of certain things. Like I'm just not. Like I'll never be Deb. I'll never be able to be that sweet and humble. But (laughs) making myself. (laughs) But I respect that part about her that I turn to her when I need that because I know I can't do that. You know, for others, I just think there's so many. There's so many people lift. list. I think it's, it, a, is, um, it is hard.
2: Um, But I think too, is I made some lifelong friendships here that, I mean, again, like Audrey, you and I got placed together as roommates when I became an RD because that was back in the day when you had to share a hotel room with someone. And I met Audra the first time. And I, I mean, we talk about it all the time that it was meant to be. I don't know who made those lists of roommates, but thank you to whoever it was because we have a lifelong friendship. I think another person is for me in our first year, we kind of had our tripod. It was Audra, myself, and Romeo Gallo, of all being RDs in a close knit area in New Jersey and always calling each other like, what does that mean? What are they asking for? Cause you don't want to ask your direct report right away. Right. So you want to have somebody else, but I just, the support, um, and, and Romeo Gallo is, is somebody that is just, again, he's my, my guy when I'm having a moment, I have to call him. He brings me back to reality, sometimes not reality, but I needed <laughs> it a little bit. But he just, his level of respect for women is, is amazing. And um, he is empowering in so many, so many ways.
1: You know, so many of the leaders of the practice, not necessarily that they are always telling people what to do or, or putting orders down or putting people down to lift themselves up. We're really like taking little pieces from everyone and learning as we go and as we grow. And I think that that's really a, a huge sign of leadership to me. So thank you both for that. I guess we'll try to, I guess we'll try to kind of close up a little bit. So we started out, you know, the preface for this was to celebrate international women's day. What does that mean to you?
2: Uh. (laughs) I mean, while I think one day is not enough, um, (laughs) I do think it's, it's pretty amazing to be recognized and, and have a day. I'm never, I'm not one that, you know, I, the Hallmark holiday, you know, type thing. However, I think it's so important, like you said, the history behind the importance of this day and the recognition that goes with it is so influential. And I think the importance of capturing empowerment and us pushing each other up in, in times of need and just times when sometimes you don't think you need it is so important. But I think what we do now matters and maintains the ability For us to make change in the future. And I think of my son and my daughter and what they think about it. And sometimes they don't know until you teach them certain things. And I think this is an opportunity for them to see it's okay for my mom to work really long days sometimes. And it's okay that my mom travels because she gets to go to cool places. And then I get, you know, maybe something cool from the trip. But I just think it's, it's, what we're doing now is going to make such a difference in the future. And I think we've come a long way, but of course
3: there's going to be work to do for sure. Yeah, for like sure. I think being a woman that has a career and have, I have three boys at home, like it's showing them mm-hmm. that it is a divided task of raising the household and being a part of activities. Like it's definitely me and my husband, you know, you kind of pick and choose the things that you have to do and what you necessarily you let go of that perfection of what you want people to think that you should do or having it all together. We'll talk all the time, Jen and I at like school pickup, you know, you have your earbud in, you're picking up your kids and you have some of the moms that are like, hey, you have a minute. I'm like, no, I really don't. Sorry. <laughs> and it's something that like my kids you know, have been exposed to very early on, and they appreciate the time that we do get to spend together. And it's something that I hope when they grow up, if they are to, you know, find a partner that they respect what is important to that partner. And it's not necessarily, we're in a generation that our roles are different. You know, it's not like, the man, you know, works out of the house and the woman's at home, or they just do the cooking. Um, when I started traveling a lot, we subscribed to hello fresh. And my husband is an amazing cook now because he gets this amazing printout of recipes with step by step instructions that I don't have the patience to walk anyone through step-and-step instructions. I just take over and do it, which to him, he's not learning. So it's, you just find those things that like blend together is, both partners, but I think even for each other of like, like there are times when this is really hard to have a career and be a woman going through pregnancies and having kids and different phases in life and things that they need you for. But the support is there, which is incredible. You just have to make, make it known that you need the support and you need the help. I think sometimes we, we mute that part of ourselves to be shown of like we we're strong And we can hold it all together. Come on, nobody can hold it all together all the time. And I think it's just something that, you know, we have to carry each other along to also show, you know, the kids that what it's like to go through this, that you don't have to be perfect. It's hard work. But if you put forth the effort, like things will come out of it. And that support is important. You know, both of you really had that shine through is that you weren't
1: afraid to ask for help whether that's at home or at work and ask for just that kind of hand up so that people can can shine where they want to shine and they and some people are better at some things than other things i know not to call you when i need like sunshine and rainbows but like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Your> black heart, <laughs> But I know that I'm going to get it straightforward. Um, and I think it's funny that you can't give your husband step-by-step directions, but you're good at guiding people towards making those decisions at work. Certainly that's how I've always seen you is that you're, you don't necessarily tell them what to do, but you kind of help them find
3: their way. Well, I have to tell him what to do when it comes to cooking. <laughs> stand over his shoulder and the mess that he makes too. I just can't, I can't watch it. So he just cooks and does the thing and and then when just I get away, I, yeah, just walk away. He has what he needs. He has the tools.
1: Well, ladies, I appreciate your time so much. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk with us all. I hope that everyone out here listening to the podcast got to know you a little bit more and know a little bit more about your journey and how we can help each other continue to grow at Fox and beyond. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank for having
3: you. me.